Hey friends, welcome to the Treats Virtual Roundtable. This is a part of a ongoing series that we've been doing here at church called Which Way is Up? It's part of a church-wide series in which we're examining all the different challenges that come with mental wellness. Um, we were talking about today burnout, but in previous times we've talked about depression and anxiety, stress, worry, isolation, loneliness. This got started out of a conversation a couple months ago in which, uh, coming out of COVID, we began to find freedom, I guess you would say, in talking about the challenges that we felt like we had endured and many of us were still going through, and that maybe one of the safest, healthiest places to talk about all of this is church. So, um, welcome. We're glad that you're participating with this. We hope that through the conversation we have today, that maybe you'll find a safe place to begin asking questions in your own life or uh, share it with a friend or a spouse or, or somebody. Uh, we'll say more about all this at the end of the podcast, but um, welcome. So today, we're really excited. We have three great uh, participants. Uh, Daniel Humpert, our senior pastor, who uh, wears a lot of different hats, <laughs> helps keep uh, the ship afloat here. He is married to Kay, and they have two kiddos and a grandson and a dog and life and responsibilities and just all the stuff that comes with all of that, right? Indeed. Then we have Stephanie Pivot, who uh, is busy. She is a mom of two, husband of one. Or w- <laughs> Yeah, you have one husband, right? Yes. Okay, okay that's good. Okay. Um, super busy, always on the go. Uh, is a daughter, a sister, a granddaughter, a neighbor, a friend, a life group participant. So she too wears lots of different hats. We also have Jacob Zachariah, and we're uh, all getting to know Jacob. Consider him a brand new friend. He is a son and a brother and a assistant DA here in Dallas County and has what I can imagine is a pretty taxing job working in crimes against uh, children division. So the other thing that all three of our friends share in common is um, an experience with burnout. I wonder if you have experienced burnout. One of the things that I discovered in doing a little bit of homework for this is it, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter what profession you're in. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you come from that... Um, it is almost like the pandemic in that it, it, uh, it doesn't care. <laughs> it comes to everyone. So some of what I want um, to invite us to think about today is um, how it came to visit you and where you are in it right now. And do you see and light at the end of the tunnel? And um, I, don't, I don't really know who would want to jump into this first, but how did... How did we end up here? How did uh, an almost post-COVID world, uh, which had its own set of mess, right? Um, Daniel, when you think about it, how, how in the world did this happen? Yeah, well, I, I believe I'm sort of on the cusp of it. Um, and I think that simply because uh, the time of COVID has really uh, taxed me and taxed us as a church, just like it's taxed others, right? And so I begin to see signs of it. I see things like um, not being able to feel rejuvenated after time off or uh, feeling a, a kind of numbness. That is to say, just, golly, there's not a lot of highs and lows. There's just kind of this 
humming, right? Um, I also feel a sense of, of cynicism that I hadn't had before. Many people who know me know that I can be cynical, uh, but I'm a little more so than normal. And, uh, you know, s sleeplessness, restlessness, all of those are signs. And, you know, the workload's been very different during COVID. And so uh, it's not necessarily more, it's just really different. And that creates, you know, I'm a guy who likes routine. And so our routines are completely off at the church, right? And so um, that kind of knocks me off my course a little bit. So I'm sensing that I'm sort of pushing on the cusp of it. And I've been here one time before in ministry. And so I kind of see the signs. So that's gotcha. where I am. Gotcha. So Stephanie, I, I make up that during COVID, especially, I mean, we were laughing a minute ago that moms never have a time off unless they go hide in the bathroom, right? No, that's the, not a time off either. There's really? fingers that stick under the door. <laughs> so it's been a while since I had little ones at home, but it, um, it always felt like at our house, if you close the bathroom door, that that was an invitation for, what are you doing? What's going on? Mm -hmm. Have you found your, have you, do you have a good hiding place? At no, home? no, there's not a hiding place at home. In fact, last night I was in the bathroom and my son came and knocked on the door needing something. And my husband was sitting on the couch doing nothing. But of course he needed mom. Um, so at my house, there's not a hiding spot. And so during COVID, that was really hard because especially during quarantine, you can't go out. I couldn't come to work. I couldn't go inside the store you know i couldn't have those escape moments that i had before we were all there all the time <laughs> i think one of the key words you just said is all the time there was an all the timeness to covid whether you were you know homebound so to speak with kids or your spouse or partner or, or anybody right um jacob did you experience any of that during covid did you just feel like i can't catch a break right now so I'll say for me, it was a lot more of COVID gave me the break. I was in burnout un, until COVID hit. And so I, I'm, I was blessed that I didn't have any great loss in my life during COVID. But um, right before COVID, I had been in back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back trials um, where we're having one child victim testify after another child victim testify about you know all the abuse that they go through. Um, when we finally when COVID finally hit and March shut everything down in 2020, it was a sigh of relief for me. Um, I got the respite that I needed just to be able to catch my breath again. And now we're starting to ramp back up. Dallas is going to start jury trials in June and I'm, I'm getting ready to get back into the thick of it, knowing what's ahead of me. So when you were burned out, yes. What were some of the presenting uh, symptoms, I guess? I mean, we kind of talk about it almost like it's a, a disease, but like what was the uh, day-to-day Jacob like when you were uh, burned out? Uh, I will say that uh, a big part of our job was we told ourselves we can make whatever crass jokes we had to do just to get through the day. We would tell, and we would tell it to each other, just you know, whatever way to get past the momentary struggle that we were in. Because if it was a kid crying that you had to talk to that day or a jury telling you that you didn't do your job or whatever it was, it was always, always stressful constantly. A judge telling you that you needed to be ready. Um, what it ended up being for me was I was constantly in a hypervigilant state of what's the next thing I have to do? What's the next thing I have to do? And then I started to get to this, okay, it's just going to hit me like a wave. I'll just stand here for it 
And I started to get more and more apathetic and more cynical when I did respond to something. Because it, it sounds like to me, you had to keep functioning. I mean, yes. burnout doesn't necessarily exclude you from going to work in the morning or setting the alarm clock or doing your job. So um, do you think that that, uh, I mean, was that enduring or, or even more exhausting that you just couldn't say, the heck with it all, I'm going to take a week off? I, I would say that was exhausting. Um, the only thing that I could do was look forward to a vacation. So the, that was my only way of getting through it was I had some camping trip planned a couple months away. Yeah, there were six trials between me and that um, that vacation, but it was something I could look forward to. Yeah, looking forward seems to be, for all of us, kind of, uh, you know, just that old proverbial carrot at the end of the stick, right, that says, okay, you can do this. One more day, you can do this. So what did burnout Stephanie look like, or does burnout Stephanie look like? What are some of your presenting uh symptoms so for me um with parenting burnout i started to realize that i i kind of started to lose the desire to play with my kids on the floor um like i had always done and i believe that that's really important for their developmental growth to have a parent one-on-one -on -one with them playing and i just didn't want to um and then i also became very like lackadaisical about things that I cared about before, like how much sugar they had or how much screen time they had or um, maybe some disciplining. I just didn't want to or have the motivation to deal with it. So I just said, fine, watch another show, eat a piece of candy. I don't care. It's yeah. kind of, I was just too tired to worry about all of those things that I actually do care about for them. And then go to bed and do it all over again the next day, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So did you, um, I make up that that's not a thing that a lot of moms talk about. And maybe I'm wrong. I really don't think, like, I was a dad. I'm still a dad. But dad world is different than mom world. Mm -hmm. Do moms encourage each other? Or do y'all ever talk about burnout? Or is that uh, allowed? I have a lot of mom friends that we do encourage each other, and that was helpful in life group, but I am not very good at keeping in communication with people when I don't see them regularly, and so this year has been hard to have that encouragement um, just because things came to a halt, and my family was very, very careful. Um, my daughter didn't even go back to school until after spring break, and so we're just now starting to get back to getting out there and doing stuff. Um, so there's kind of a distance between me and other moms, and I'm excited to get back in those small groups and encourage each other because I know that I am not the only person that's feeling this way. It's going to be interesting isn't it, to hear what I would call survivor stories. You know, coming out mm -hmm. the other side. So, Daniel, what uh, you were talking about a minute ago, you said I, I, you feel yourself on the cusp. Mm. So then I imagine like burnout having a lifespan or a, a, a <laughs> you know a line, a linear line. So here it comes. You're on the cusp. You said you had been there before. What's the lifespan of burnout? Is it like three months, six months? Oh, I, I don't. Well, I believe there's a lifespan. I don't know that any of us uh, can accurately predict or know exactly what that is. I know when I was sort of hitting up against the wall before, I was fortunate enough to have acquired a grant to allow me to pay for a three-month sabbatical. So I went on a three-month sabbatical that helped me 
sort of work through some of that. Some of it was independent and some of it was with family. So that was very helpful. And that was almost, well, it was right out a decade ago now. Um, now I'm planning on taking a month off in July and hope that that time will help, right, to sort of separate out. And, um, but I, I'm not ever sure that I actually hit what we would identify as burnout. I just feel like I was right on the cusp then and had a chance to get away. And I feel like I'm on the cusp now and will have a chance to get away and to break what I would just call the cycle, right? Because the, 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 the every days of the things that we describe, you know, we all have to go to work, we all have to get up, we all have to function. Um, it, so burnout begins to manifest itself in ways where you can't function at the same capacity, right? And so um, to be able to break that cycle is what's helpful. Uh, and so my hope is that I don't actually sort of hit the wall. I don't even know what the wall looks like. I just know that I've, I've been in the symptoms and signs, and um, uh, I hope that it hasn't affected me to the degree that it literally um, sidetracks what you're able to do. There are a lot of people, and even some maybe who are listening or watching today, who have hit the wall mm. and have um, coped in different ways. Right. And... Um, you know, every way we cope isn't always the healthiest. Um, how did you, uh, Jacob, like, what would self-treatment look like for a person going through burnout? <laughs> did, I mean, did you know when you were in burnout that you were burned out? Did it take anybody else to poke you and say, oh, Jacob, you're burned out. Hey, let's go have a, a drink together. Let's go, you said camping. Let's, um, I mean, I'm just, you know, again, I'm providing this correlation between that and, like, treatment for an illness. I mean, what do you take two of and go to bed and call the doctor in the morning for, for burnout? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> definitely there were, I, I could recognize it in myself for sure, but uh, there were definitely a lot of moments where friends and coworkers, like supervisors would be like, hey, you're not being that funny person we know you normally are. You're not being the life of the conversation every time you enter a room, which often has been a comment whenever I have a meeting, I come into a room and people comment on like, oh, Jacob's here. Like, there's going to be jokes that are about to happen. Um, that was not happening, uh, especially in January of 2020. It was not. It was getting really dark. Um, and I engaged in unhealthy habits. Like, you know, I did go and drink a lot. And it was uh, my way of coping uh, with just the day-to-day -day of, okay, I can get through one more day. I can get through one more day. Um, but my best, I would say my healthiest thing is playing sports. And that would be... I would take time out. I would take an afternoon off or something to try to go play sand volleyball or go play pickleball or something just to get out of my own head and get out of doing something unhealthy as opposed to that. Right. And that, and all the while you're doing that, you're getting all that machinery inside you cooking and getting that, what's that that is released when you're super Endorphins. Athletic? Endorphins. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know of, <laughs> of such. So I hear of them. I yeah. don't know that I even have any endorphins. I think you probably do. Do you? Yeah. All right. We'll see. So, how did the, um, Stephanie, has anybody commented, has Alex, has your mom, your dad, I hear you have a sister, have any of them said, hey, Steph, you're not yourself? I don't think, I don't think they told me I'm not myself. I think I realized it first. Um, and they've all been very supportive, especially my husband. Um, he is working from home. But as soon as he's done with work, he'll be helping. And usually after dinner, we used to always have family time together. And now it's kind of become he'll take the kids off so that I can have a break, which I 
usually end up doing the dishes or something and not actually taking a break. (laughs) But um, he's been very supportive with that. And my family has too. So, So Daniel, has your family said, Dad, go take a break? Or your wife said, you know, Daniel, maybe you need to take a trip by yourself for a while. Well, so my family says that kind of stuff regularly anyway. So <laughs> Regardless. Yeah. Of, uh, so that, that's nothing new. But I, I certainly witness in myself a short-temperedness, a, a lack of willingness to sort of get along, to go along, um, and playfulness. You know, I've got an adult son and an, an, an almost adult daughter, so we don't play on the floor anymore. But, but there's, there's, there's also sort of a lack of desire to go do fun stuff. And so those, again, are just all sides. I mean, I'll go do them. And, you know, one of my phrases to Kay is she'll say, do you want to go do X? And I'll say, not really, but I will. Right. So that's just an acknowledgement. It's, 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 it's sort of a public statement of going, you know, I don't really feel like doing this. I don't really want to do this, but I'll go do it because I know I need to. And I know that it's a good thing for us to do. Uh, so I, that's a way to just name the beast, if you will. You know, I think it's, uh, it's interesting in that, Burnout presents itself in uh, extremes, like the entering in, the coming out, the in the midst of, the hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody has a, a unique experience with it. I wonder, part of that experience is, you know, what does self-care look like? Mm-hmm. I make up that if you're hitting the wall, you really don't care right now about self-care. <laughs> you're just in a, in a pile on the floor. Could each one of you share, like, you played sports, you did, were there any kind of spiritual things you did, any kind of mindfulness practices that you found helpful? So what, I, what I'll say is my recollection of uh, 2020 especially, when uh, the shutdown hit, I was still in a panic of what's going to happen with all my cases. All these people are still waiting to resolve their cases. What am I going to do? Because I don't know if you remember at the beginning, it was like, oh, we're going to be down for two weeks and we'll be right back. Right. So I wasn't actually thinking it was a real break. Um, and so I took it as a respite just to like catch my breath. But I remember we were uh, in Lent at the time. And so I remember I got to actually go to church more and like go to pray more and participate in um, Holy Week services. And that's when I really felt like, OK, I can like, actually take a breath and relax. And I remember just being able to hear the Good Friday songs in my head and stuff like that. And I was like, OK, I can actually breathe again. Um, that, that was probably the most peaceful I got to be was April of last year is what I remember. Connecting to all of the... Yes. Spiritual services that I was able to... of all yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and maybe perhaps you hadn't previously or... I mean, was that a, a, an established habit already or was that a new thing you embraced? No, um, definitely it was an established habit already for me. But uh, when I was in the midst of work stuff, I, don't, I can't think as much about... Um, other than, okay, I have to get up and go to church on Sunday. I'm not thinking anything other than that gotcha. about church stuff. Yeah. Stephanie, how about you? What um, are you currently practicing or are you experimenting with, you know, meditation, prayer, yoga, life groups, connecting to people or any of those kind of things helpful or are you not there right now? I'm not doing any of those things. I will say that I have been very spiritually involved this year. Um, however, I don't know... I feel like sometimes I'm so spiritually involved because if I'm doing my Bible study or watching Go Beyond or listening to a podcast, then I can't play. I can't play with you right now. I'm doing my Bible study. 
I can't play with you right now. I'm listening to my podcast. And so I hate to say it, but I think sometimes for me, it's an escape to do the spiritual activities, but it's also an excuse to not have to do what I don't want to do. So there's a little bit of, I make up that that creates a little bit of guilt, Mm -hmm. right? And, uh, and yet it's very helpful for you mm-hmm. for your spiritual connection to do those things. And I think it's good for them too to see mm-hmm. that this is a priority for mommy. Um, but it is, it is hard and there is a lot of guilt when the four-year-old is standing there. Will you play with me? Why won't you play with me? How come you never play with me? Sarah won't play with me either. It's just constant standing there and asking and me constantly saying no. Yeah but I don't have the motivation enough to stop and actually sure. play. <laughs> well, and, and um, it's the no, and then sometimes if the no is because I'm doing a Bible study, I, I make up that somehow that begins to get the wires kind of screwed up a little bit because to do our faith under a sense of obligation <laughs> seems like it takes some of the joy out of it. Mm-hmm. But I, do, I got it done. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. maybe that's even just a sidebar of, of a, a burnout is we do things not because we want to, but, but to go along or because we have to. Or there's probably times, too, when we say, the hell with it all. I'm not going to do it anyway. I don't care what you think. Right. So what what would you say, Daniel, to another professional person who um, if they said, man, I think I'm right where you are. Hey, buddy, throw me a rope, give me a word. What would you, what's, what's, yeah. what's your best stuff? Well, so as I've shared in other forums with the staff here, um, I'm a huge advocate of professional counseling therapy and a very big advocate of spiritual direction. And as I started to see these signs taking effect uh, in January of this year, that's when I began to sort of recognize, man, you are not where you have been. And so I engaged uh, counseling, both uh, personally and for our family, because clearly there are dynamics there for family. So first thing is, man, get some outside help. Uh, I find it very helpful. I've re-engaged the use of a spiritual director as well, that, um, which is like therapy, but it's for the soul, right? And it's um, a way to help us engage spiritual practices and other things to help, again, soothe the soul, if you will. And so those two things are just tremendously helpful. And, and golly, you know, not everybody can either avail themselves of that or, or may not be ready for that. But I would just say, seek some outside help, whatever that is, including a support group or just a good crew of friends that you can talk to and rely on. Um, Any of those would be tremendously helpful. Part of what my, you know, I'm an introvert uh, by nature and I'm a one on the Enneagram. And so my natural sort of my unhealthy way is to retreat and so um, one of the things I do that's not healthy is just get on that phone and do a bunch of nothing, literally, whether it's social media or games or maybe even read the news, but just literally escape into the phone, right? 
on the other hand, one of the healthy things that I do that's not spiritual by any means is, is exercise. I am a fiend about, golly, even, even when I had COVID, I think I shared with y'all, even when I had COVID, I made sure to exercise every single day to the point of almost passing out a couple of days, you know, because you're just exhausted. But I thought, I have got to do this. And for me personally, that was about uh, mental stability more than the physical, the physicality of it. I have to work out or I feel emotionally and mentally like a, a blob. So it's important for me personally to do that. So it sounds like you and Jacob have something in common there with that endorphin release. Yeah, I was, I was going to say for me that that idea of making sure you exercise for me, I can't structure it of I'm going to do it every day, but I, stru I could structure it to the sense of every Monday I'm going to be playing in a volleyball league or every Wednesday I'm going to be playing in a pickleball. Like I'm going to, like, I'm going to do this every Monday or Wednesday. So when I'm struggling, I know I can go back and think, all right, it's Tuesday. I've got this coming up on Wednesday or it's Saturday. I've got this coming up on Monday. Something I know I'm going to see a friend. I'm going to be outside. I'm going to get some exercise. Like those three things are going to happen. Yet I'm feeling um, like I need to be solitary right now on Saturday, but Monday comes, I will be able to be around people. It's going to happen. It sounds like you two could give uh, Stephanie, I was about to call you Sarah, a little advice on... Uh, having something to look forward to mm. whether it's a workout or your spiritual direction appointment or volleyball not that we're here to fix you <laughs> but uh, maybe that would be something that you would find appealing that just stephanie gets to do yes yeah yeah i don't like to exercise but I will say that I feel like I'm on the tail end of burnout. And I honestly think it has to do with the weather. Um, because since it's been in the 70s and we've been walking to and from school, which isn't, I don't consider it exercise. It's less than half a mile. Um, but then the kids are playing outside. Just there is something to do besides be in the house yeah. altogether. And so I think for me, it was kind of seasonal too with the coldness and the winter and being stuck inside and now we're getting out. Yeah. And that's a real thing. I mean, that, you know, can you imagine if you were doing all this on Alaska? So Daniel, you said something a minute ago that I want you to say a little more about how people would find a spiritual director. Like, I think we know how to find a kind of know how to find, I mean, is there a directory? Is yeah, there a actually there is a uh, spiritual directors international is a website. I, 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 I apologize. I can't think of the, I think it's just SDI.org. Uh, spiritual Directors International, and you just put in your region, your zip code, whatever. Uh, look, there are spiritual directors for all faiths. It doesn't have to be Christian. Uh, there can be non-sort of sectarian uh, spiritual directors as well. And then you can, you know, golly, choose all kinds of things. If you want a specific gender, if you want a specific, um, like I wanted Protestant versus Catholic. Uh, and so you can, golly, you can pick and choose a lot of different variables. It, they can be somebody far away if you literally want to sort of get off and, you know, some other part of the Metroplex or if you want them close by. So yeah, SDI.org is a great website resource for spiritual directors. We actually have a couple of trained spiritual directors in the life of our congregation. Would be happy to give that information at another time because I didn't ask their permission. So, um, but yeah, they are great resources. Absolutely. Yeah, and I and we have, and, and they, excuse me, they're going to be listed in some of our resources. Good. Is there anything that somebody might have said to you uh, prior to your burnout that if you had had that in your pocket, would have made your burnout experience different. What do you think, Jacob? 
Uh, the term definitely that comes to mind is work-life balance. Uh, I, especially for my job, I know that we can get really, really invested in what we're doing. Um, there is a um, righteousness in what we get to do um, to seek justice for these kids and for our community as a whole. Um, but we get so invested in doing that that we forget that, hey, I'm an individual person too that I have to make sure I'm okay. Um, work-life balance is something that one of my supervisors constantly and constantly would say. Um, and he would make us like, he would say, Hey, I'm going to take everyone to happy hour at four o'clock. So everyone get there. Like he, he would say, we're leaving work 30 minutes early. We're going to happy hour. That's how it's going to go. Um, but it was something just to make sure he was like, you're going to take care of yourself if I have to force you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a good, good boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very good, good boss. Manager. Yeah. Stephanie, how about you? What uh, do you have a little pearl of wisdom you would give another caregiver or a, a parent? I mean, uh, somebody parenting. Mm-hmm. So I actually, our my daughter's school district, Denton ISD, had a parenting fatigue seminar last week that I went to via Zoom, and it was really helpful. And two things that they talked about, which I had heard before but forgot, was um, how on an airline. Adults are asked to put their oxygen mask on first before they help the person next to them. And how as parents, we need to keep ourselves healthy and strong or we won't be the caregivers that we need to be for our kids. Um, So I thought that was really good. And then they talked about how every parent wants to be the superhero parent, which is why I started feeling burnout because I was trying to do everything. And um, they talked about being okay with good enough parenting, which is just being there for your kids most of the time, but we not should, having to yeah. do it all, all the time. That's that great. just sounds like a great gift to me because I think we, um, and probably parents everywhere, at times feel like, you know, where's my cape? I want to be, I want to prove to myself and to my kids and everybody watching me what a super duper parent I am or, you know, spouse or husband or whatever. So, Daniel, how about you? What's that last little, hey, man, if I didn't know this? Well, I love the analogy, by the way. I was going to actually use that, the, the, the oxygen mask. And I learned something a few years ago in, in family counseling that was tremendously helpful for us as my son moved into adulthood and we were, um, you know, trying to uh, work on past times. And that was simply to acknowledge to one another, he to us and us to him, uh, I believe you were doing your best. I believe you did the best you could. And for us to mirror that back, now your kids are a little young for that, but um, to just acknowledge that self-wise, sort of internally as well, I believe I'm doing the best that I can, uh, whatever that is. I would just say you're worth it. Uh, You're worth the care and you're worth the time and you're worth the effort to care for yourself. And um, I just have to remind myself of that, right? We're all in sort of helping professions, whether we get paid for it or not, right? And the tendency for us who are in the helping professions are that we got to help everybody else uh, to the extent that we can burn out. And so I just, I have to remind myself, it becomes a kind of a mantra, you're worth this and it's worth your effort to do this uh, so that you can make the long haul. Because the long haul really, for me at least, is the end game. I want to do this well. I want to have a legacy to the degree that I've helped people encounter a relationship with Christ. And so uh, I need to take care of myself. This has been really helpful. Hopefully somebody uh, listening will hear something that gives them the oomph they need to take the next right step. So thank you all. Friends, we hope you found this helpful. We have had a good time 
opening the doorways into exploring which way is up. If there's anything we can do to help you as you are on your own journey of finding out which way is up, please don't hesitate to get in touch with one of us on the staff through the website or through our app or just call the office. In the meantime, I hope you find some peace. Take care.